Today on Small Talk Big Returns, more ideas for career and business success. Now, if you own or work for a small or medium-sized enterprise, you may not have a huge advertising budget. Even if you do, there are many other low-cost ways of generating publicity for your company through public relations efforts, and these could go hand-in-hand hand with advertising. The good news is you may not even have to hire a PR agency to do this for you. You could do it yourself. But where do you start, and how can you craft compelling messages for the media based on your own unique selling proposition? Get that publicity that you need at a very low cost. Andrew Chow is an entrepreneur and social media and PR strategist. He tells us more. Publicity or PR really is to get your story out from a reliable third-party point of view. Now, advertising is something that you pay for. Publicity is something you earn. You may not. Need to invest in monetary term, but definitely you need resources. You need a lot of brainstorming. Advertising is really putting your dollar. You have perfect control as advertiser to decide. I want this exposure, this size. I want this frequency. Now in publicity, you can't have control over any of this. You just have to leave it to whoever that's interested in covering you. First and foremost, a lot of different companies need to understand that publicity is part of the game of brand communication. Getting the exposure out, getting the story and your angles portrayed correctly via media and press. Public relations actually take a bigger umbrella. It involves your sponsorship. It involves a lot of other brand communication. But publicity per se, it's all about media management. It is a Skill that you can learn. It is definitely a skill that you should acquire because nobody knows the business or your career better than you do. So why outsource that to a specialist who know very little about your business and try to do a lot of creative pitches elsewhere? So a company, individuals in that company can actually spearhead their own public relations messages. Yeah. I work in the media, so I know、mm-hmm. that sometimes those messages are completely useless.、Mm-hmm. They're not newsworthy enough. You get a whole lot of press releases from one company, but none of them are meaningful enough for you to cover as a news piece or to feature、That's、even、right. as an info educational、right. piece on radio or on TV. How does one begin to think about how to To pitch those messages. Key message is actually only one or two main points you want the media to pick up. Essentially, a lot of newspaper out there will need to understand what is really news to the media. What is interesting for you may not be interesting for the media. They may think that you are just selling yourself. And media hates marketer. They like content provider. On that note, what really is content? You got to understand for the press and media that you are targeting at, who are their target audience? Are you talking about something absolutely new, absolutely the first? Are you talking about current, something that is very very current? Are you talking about something socially impactful? Anything that you think, if you are in the position of the media, will this be of interest to their audience? If your answer is yes, go ahead, craft that message the same way you want it to be written or being broadcast, and you will have an easier time with the media. So, in other words, please figure out who Nine Three Eight Live's audience really is, what their motivations really might be,、right. and then craft your message well before you send us a press release or an email asking、right. for coverage.、Let's、look at the target audience, the size of it, and which time slot or time belt is most popular. Do your homework, and you will be on your way to make a very, very good key message. I like to share five tips that enables you to do a very good creative pitch. All starts with P I T C H. So I'm going to share the first P. 
when you approach the press, I think you need to offer a lot of pictures opportunities, very good photo opportunities. What makes a great picture will tell a thousand words. So if you can provide a lot of pictures or even exclusive picture opportunities, that will be very good. Number two is to inform them exclusively. I find in Singapore, offering an exclusive story really, really helps. When you invite them to your event, to your press conference, they will always ask you, are we the only one? And if they say no, they will tell you, oh, I didn't speak to my boss. And then you never hear from them. But if you tell them, yes, it's exclusive for you, they will very likely be there. So And you have to be telling the truth, though. Yes, you can't right. tell them yes, but actually yes, they're right. not. So, it's not so exclusive. You have to have integrity. If you want to sell an exclusive story to someone, stick with it. And my point really is, you can have one generic press release, prepare a few exclusive story or angle. It will always help. So what is T? So we talk about P, we talk about I, we talk about T. T is to tell the story from an insider point of view. Insider stories are the most fantastic and most intriguing, offering the journalist a chance to experience something that a normal member of the public will not get a chance to actually give you very good coverage. So maybe certain restricted area that you don't allow public access, you invite the press and media to join in. That really, really gives you a lot of coverage. And uh, it is a very good pitch, I would say. C. C. You can either think of C as being creative or controversial. So do you have something very creative that nobody has ever thought of? Or do you have something so controversial? Everyone is saying no, but you are saying yes. Last but not least, H. It's do your homework. I feel that if you do a survey on something nobody has ever checked on, the insights you draw from that survey is actually a very good piece of news because that is so original. How often do you hear news report according to a survey done by so-and-so, 35% or 40%? Now that puts you in the news. Now you may not be even be very interested in what you're researching on, but that gets you to a point of thought leadership in the press itself. So the minute when you have the first entry, people still keep coming to you for all related topics. So P-I-T-C-H, pitch. P will stands for picture, opportunity. I will be to inform them exclusively. T will be to tell the story from an insider point of view. C is either be creative or controversial. And H is do your homework. And that was Andrew Chow, entrepreneur and social media and PR strategist. Tomorrow on Small Talk Big Returns, we'll give you some tips on how to craft compelling media releases and how to prepare for media interviews. On Small Talk, Big Returns today, more ideas for career and business success. Now, if you own or work for a small or medium-sized enterprise, you may not have the budget for an expensive ad campaign and PR campaign. The fact is, you could actually embark on and execute public relations on your own. Yesterday, we talked about how you can shape your key messages to make them attractive to the media. It's all about publicity generation. Today, how to write an effective media release and the do's and don'ts when it comes to maintaining relationships with the media. Andrew Chow is an entrepreneur and social media and PR strategist. It all boils down to having good relationship with the members of the press and media. Number one is you got to do a compilation of all the database of the press and media, journalist, editor, producer. Go and look at a newsstand, 
buy every magazine that is in your domain, flip all the newspaper and copy their names and email addresses. All right, know where are their professional interests are. Keep in touch with them. Sometimes when you see them doing a good job or some articles that they've produced or some shows they've done, even though you don't know them, send them an email. Tell them that they're doing a good job. You don't want your first email to be a pitching email. You want to establish a relationship. Sometimes we can tell when a person、mm. is just trying to flatter you and not really sincere.、Yes. This is very good information coming from someone who is in the media telling you、mm. be genuine. Make sure that you really, really have watched a show or listened to a program, and really highlight certain examples. That really shows that you went through the whole thing. To build relationship, you need to grant special access. Always offer your personal contacts to press and media and be truthful about your story. You know, the, you don't need to buy them lunches. They usually have no time. Yes. You know, to have dinner. <laughs> It works everywhere in Singapore, in Malaysia. I think、uh, that is the old mindset that you need to buy somebody's lunch to get a story. You don't need to do that. In fact, I have never, never sat down with a single lunch appointment with any of my media friends. And I think establish your thought leadership through articles are important. And always, always be an info center. Sometimes it's not really just about you. Once you know them. Offer them a list of your friends that you want to help to get to the media. It's a matter of sowing and reaping. When you do all this, just be natural, and your time will come. Doors will be open. Let's talk about press releases. There are certain things you, certain principles you need to follow.、Mm-hmm. For instance, it should be concise.、Mm-hmm. What else should I be considering as I'm coming up with a press release?、Um, ask yourself all the basic questions: the what, the where, the why, the when, and the how. You know. Write it from the viewpoint of a journalist. How do you want your story to be published and told? Write it in exactly the way you want it to be read. A lot of mistakes that is done by the press release. Why your press release end up in a rubbish dump? It's because you write it from your own viewpoint. You always talk about something from your perspective. There's nothing for the user. There's nothing for the target audience. You must know what is in for them. And once you can answer that question, your press release will be very very concise. Try to use. Social media, because you don't want additional paragraph to talk about the background of a person, about your company. If you can provide the link in the email, your press release becomes very concise. If you have a lot of pictures, upload it somewhere that people can download. Sometimes it's no use doing a press release and you only got three or four or five journalist friends. You should put it to as many places as possible. And here's the thing: after you send out your press release, that's not the end of the story. If you don't get any response within twenty-four hours, please call them. That is the time you make your pitch. That is the time you make your press release relevant to their user. Most of the time, I think members of the media are very, very busy. They get like one hundred emails a day. That's true. Yes.、Uh, maybe two hundred. When they look at your title, it's not even interesting. They don't even open. If you hope that your story is out in the newspaper, what do you think a headline should be? Is it fifteen words or is it five to seven words only? I once organized. A car rally in the night for a group of singers. I was cracking my head on how to get the media interest, and I remember it was one week before our National Day, forty-fourth National Day parade. I purposely asked for forty-four cars, so my headline was forty-four cars celebrate forty-fourth NDP, and I sent it to some magazine, and one of the car magazine actually came down because they find the title is so intriguing. Four-four, four-four. It starts from your headlines. Have a proper header, and write it in a way that you want it to be published. Always. Provide information on where you can get more info. Always have one or two punchline that you want the press to pick up. And sometimes, if on radio, it helps to record your key message on voice because they can easily take those material and put it on your news. 
Oh, Actually, so in other words, you give them a soundbite even before they ask that's for right. it. So if you have a one-minute video that you're writing to maybe News 5, and you know that they're going to use it, have high res, put it on YouTube so that they can download, they can use it as a raw material. Make life easy for the editor. Andrew Chow, entrepreneur and social media and PR strategist. You've been listening to Small Talk, Big Returns. Thanks for staying with us. Small Talk, Big Returns today, more ideas for career and business success. Now, if you own or work for a small or medium-sized enterprise, you may not have the budget for an expensive ad campaign or even a PR campaign. As we told you last week, you can certainly do it on your own at a very low cost instead of hiring a public relations agency. We've told you how you can shape your key messages in order to make them attractive to the media to increase coverage. The do's and don'ts of writing an effective press release. Today, a look at how you can prepare for a media interview. It all starts with offering the media the right type of information in order for the interview to go well. One common mistake people make is to send out too much information that could confuse your key message. Andrew Chow is an entrepreneur and social media and PR strategist. I have personally coached a lot of good newsmakers that when I ask them to give me a 100 words profile, they end up sending me a 20-page PDF of their profile and ask me to send it to the producer. And they always say they are prepared to answer any question. The thing you need to remember is this. The producer and editor, they are not subject expert. But if you give them some basic question, they can be creative and ask you a lot of follow-up. Yeah. And then you make it into a conversation, not a Q&A. People don't laugh. People don't ask each other questions. Yeah, there's no dynamism. There's no spontaneity. And always prepare two sets of answers. Now, that is very special. Prepare a short one and a long one. Always answer with a short one so that they can be followed by the producer. And then you elaborate. The worst thing that you can do is that when a question is asked, you take 10 minutes talk non-stop and you answer. So there's no way that the producer can ask you follow-up questions. And I feel that anything that you speak non-stop for more than a minute, you lose the engagement factor with the audience. Always think conversation. It is not a platform. Even though you only have one person in front of you, forget about the mic in front. Just think of it as you are talking to hundreds of thousands of people out there. So be sincere and your voice will show. The ability to take feedback is important. And most of the time, after interview, always ask, how did I do? Is there anything that we can do better next time? If you have a relationship, people will always help you. I want to talk a little bit more about preparation in terms of content. An individual will know, this is my key message, this is what I want to get across. While a journalist or a producer might give you a brief outline of what the interview is going to be about, mm -hmm. they may not give you specific questions. Yeah. I personally don't like giving my yes. interviewees specific questions before the interview That's because right. I worry that they'll over-prepare. Mm -hmm. And when I ask follow-up questions, they will not know how to respond. Yes. And this sort of thing happens anyway, for a first-timer especially. Mm. So what What's your advice to a first-timer in terms of preparing their unique selling proposition, their key mm. messages, so on and so forth? How much can they really prepare and how can they prepare before they go on? You need to bring your own notes. It's difficult on TV. Uh, maybe you have an iPad on a coffee table. That's fine. But I think besides having your USB done up, 
is to do a mind map of your topic. What other subtopics can spin out a bit? What other questions can be asked? And it helps to send it to someone that you can trust. Rehearse it a little bit. Okay, now please be a producer and ask me all sorts of questions. It can be spontaneous so that I can prepare. You know what are the possible questions. And always look at the time. If you're offered 20 minutes, you're safe. If you're offered one hour, wow, a lot of things can be asked. Depending on the time and duration and how many people are invited, you get the feel. For example, today I'm prepared to answer five or six. Looks like I'll be answering 10 to 12 questions. Of course, it comes with experience, but you just have to have a lot of questions in your mind so that when it's up, you're no longer surprised. There are people who excel in interview, all sorts of interviews, TV interview, radio interview, job interview. They can secure the job, they can get the deal. But when they got the deal, they can hardly perform. Because a doer is different from a speaker. You can say the right words, you can give all the content, but do you live that life? For example, if you're a grooming expert and you talk so much about grooming on TV, but you're not having a positive image, the way you sit is wrong, you have the wrong posture, you wear the wrong clothes, what does it tell me? So there are people who say the right thing all the time, but they may not do the right thing all the time. So being authentic it's important. When you appear on TV and radio, you have the authority. Yes, wow, that is a perception until they see you up close and personal. So be authentic, be the same on radio and off radio, be the same on TV and off TV. If after all of that, I've sent out a press release, mm-hmm. I followed some of the guidelines that you've mentioned, mm-hmm. I still get no responses. I get rejected. What should okay. I do next? Try it elsewhere. Because just because someone rejects you, the same story can be interesting to another person. If you have failed in two or three magazines, go to other magazines. Anything, for example, that do with women issues, it's always selling better. 80% of the market in the media are all ladies, fashion, women's magazine. The 20% are men. Even the men don't want to read about yes, the and men. <laughs> and a lot of new age men are reading a lot of ladies' magazine, which is why they understand a lot about women. There is always a chance someone is interested to hear what you say. Don't be discouraged. Same thing with the press. Sometimes the timing may be wrong. If you're talking about cars, you're talking about fast cars, and if it's not F1 season, probably the timing was wrong. So... If you have something interesting and you're in the car business and you have some fast technology that you want to share, try to wait till F1 season. You have all the right time. Sometimes timing is important. Andrew Chow, entrepreneur and social media and public relations strategist. You've been listening to Small Talk, Big Returns. Join us again same time tomorrow. Small Talk, Big Returns, more ideas for career and business success. In the last few days, we've been talking about how you can launch and execute public relations for your business with limited funds. It's do-it-yourself public relations if you can't afford to hire a PR agency. We've been talking about making successful media pitches, writing media releases, and maintaining a good relationship with members of the media for publicity. Today, what can you do if you find your company in the middle of a PR disaster? Crisis can strike at any time and often unexpectedly. But how can you be prepared for such unexpected events? Giving us a lesson on DIY PR crisis management is Andrew Chow, a social media and PR strategist.
when a crisis happens to your company, you don't need to pitch. Everyone is interested to hear from you. They'll be at your door. Mm. They'll be around your office vicinity. They'll have the camera ready, and they will try to ask not you or maybe your staff, your colleagues for comments. So you got to have sets of do's and don'ts, and maybe frequently ask questions and answers to handle the media at least for the first cut. The first six hours of a crisis is always important. There are questions that anyone in the media or press would like to ask if you have a crisis. Number one, what happened? Number two, why did it happen? It must be a reason, and it must be a good reason. Even though you're not sure the reason and you're under some investigation, just say at first hand it could be this, so that you can clarify later. Communication is key. I find that some companies will just distance themselves from the media, which means they are distancing themselves from their consumers, which is a big mistake. True. The idea is that sometimes even you have all the information, give it out incrementally because it takes some time for people to digest what happened. And it definitely beats saying no comments. It says a lot about you. And then you have to do a lot of damage control, which is not good. So say what happened, why did it happen? Is anybody injured? And what has been done to him or her? Which is very important. You need some closure. You need to make people feel that, hey, they are doing something about it. Have you thought of any contingency? Have you thought about it? Always say yes, of course. And of course, once you say yes, they will ask you, what have you actually done before to prevent this from happening? So you got to make sure... Any of these questions being asked, you have a good answer. You know, let's just say you haven't thought of all these things. There will be times when companies really have made mistakes. What is the approach to take at that point? I personally don't advocate not telling the truth because if you make a mistake, let's be transparent and people will be forgiving and move on. If you're not prepared to tell the truth at that moment, always designate a time and a date for press conference. Be very sincere because when you buy time like this, you can actually prepare a better answer. And you can have more time to do investigation. Within 24 hours, you need to let people know when are you doing a press conference, if you are doing a press conference. And a press conference should happen maximum three days after the crisis has happened. I think three days is too long to wait, actually. But sometimes you need your time to do your homework and to investigate what really happened. For extreme crisis, I always recommend if you are the owner of the company, you are the CEO, please take the chair, take the hot seat. Because at that time, your Marcom manager can't do much. And now it's always a trend. When something serious happens, they always want to meet the face of the company. If you can handle well, it actually sells a brand further. If you don't handle it well, you lose a lot of other credibility. So yes, it's a make or break. So the bottom line is don't have a crisis. If you have it, always prepare a list of FAQ so that you know what to answer. At the right time, maybe after one month, it's good to do an exclusive with a media that you can trust. This is not a common practice here. But it is very common in the West and even in Hong Kong. Okay, I'm going to tell my side of the story. There's a CEO here recently who went through a crisis and then she wanted to write a blog about it. Now, that is a good way because people always want to know, actually, what do you really think? Any human story can make people feel a bit more sympathetic towards what you're going through. It is just unfortunate that too many media spotlight is on a person during a crisis. I think anyone will fall when you have too many spotlights on a person. A simple video clip of you can be manipulated in many different ways. So sometimes you just have to do your own due diligence and communicate very authentically what happens in the crisis. Most importantly, what are you doing to prevent it from happening again? That is what people like to know. Whatever crisis happened, has happened. What are you doing in the future is more important. Always focus on the future. Don't spend too much time explaining what happened. 
But you still need to explain what happened because those questions will be asked, as you said earlier. Use that as a roadmap to plan for your future. Considering what happened, we have new guidelines so that new guidelines may become another key message for your future press release. If you really don't have the answers, what's the best approach to take? Ask for suggestions. Getting people involved actually helps them to ease their anger. Okay, now I can be involved. I can have a hand in preventing this from happening again. So getting the public involved, this is what we call crowdsourcing. It means to outsource it to everybody. Please tell us how to improve ourselves. And sometimes you get fantastic results. And that creates new stories to the media. And hopefully, media will turn the interest to something else and not dwell on you too much. Social media and PR strategist Andrew Chow. You've been listening to Small Talk, Big Returns. Thanks for joining us. Small Talk, Big Returns, more ideas for career and business success in our continuing series on DIY public relations for small or medium enterprises, we look at how you can leverage on the power of social media to increase publicity for your company. While reaching out to mainstream mass media, how indeed can you complement your efforts with engagement in a truly sociable way and connect with your customers and the media? Andrew Chow is a social media and public relations strategist. Social media is about niches, a very small group everywhere in pockets. You are famous for a day on mass media, but you may be famous for a long time on social media just by having different conversations about you or your product or your company. So social media is really how to carry on a story after you are being exposed on mass media. That's number one. Number two is you get a lot of content from the user. There are very little interaction on air most of the time. But whatever I say today can spark up a lot of discussion on social media. So I welcome all this because that forms new content. So it's like a left hand and a right hand man for your publicity. So you'll never do a PR strategy without thinking about your social media strategy. And you cannot have one fan page for everything. If you have a fan page for customer service, just stick to it. You cannot be like what Singaporeans say, a roja, everything in. You've got to be coordinated. So if you think a blog explains your policy, a blog explains your press release better, do it. Blogging is very interesting. It actually attracts a lot of like-minded people to test run some of your ideas. So I think it's the right time for a lot of newsmakers out there. A fun YouTube video can become news. It has never happened before because so many multiple key messages can be discussed. And from the consensus, you can see which is the best one. Take that and pitch it to the media. It's crowdsourcing again. It's crowdsourcing again. But this time, it's really social. If you can manage so many different voices, you can definitely handle one on mass media. Social media management is not something that one person can just sit down and do in a silo. And if we're talking about a small company with not too many resources, what is the best way of approaching it Um, that will make it sustainable engagement and not just, oh, I set up the Facebook page mm -hmm. and then there's nothing going Uh, on on it? You've got to plan and schedule when to disseminate information. In this case, content. Now, just because you have a new fan page doesn't mean within one week you post everything. Break it down into bite size. That is the keyword. Bite size info in a form of inspiration. So you can share it over six months, maybe once in two days. And you can do it on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. That is the three basics that I always recommend. And you've got to have a dashboard. 
There's one function in social media I would encourage anyone to outsource, monitoring. That is the most objective. You outsource monitoring, you get a good feel of what is going on in your industry, among your competitors, and you as a brand. Having a conversation on social media has been challenging for a lot of people. Mm. They know how to put the content out there That's right. and maybe update their content right. every few days, so on That's and right. so forth. But actually connecting can be a challenge. Yes. How do you think we can connect? It's a bit dynamic. Now, how to handle conversation has a huge bearing on your success. I would suggest that you plan a response strategy map where you have all the scenario of a positive comment a neutral comment and a negative comment. What do you do when such comments comes in? You got to create a FAQ again for yourself and craft a system where you have standard response before an authentic response. It's the same mm. way as you handle a crisis. It can be a very huge mind map. Doesn't matter. Put it out on your wall. Because if you stare at it often enough, you will know that it is ingrained in you. And last but not least, have someone who have high EQ, not someone who has the highest skill in social media to manage your platform because that won't work. It's about people skills rather than technical skills. That's right. Technical skills you can learn in two, three days but people skills, EQ level, you have to be trained for two, three months you've got to look at comments because when something negative comes in your immediate response is I want to respond immediately. How can he say such things? But sometimes if you have a plan you take a bit of time to craft your response and you can convert this person a negative to positive. And that is the real art of PR on social mm. media. It's mm. how to convert someone who is so angry to someone who speaks for you. And always take the conversation offline. Never engage in a quarrel on social media. You see, the whole world might see those negative comments. Don't you need to at least make the first response online? That's right. All the negative feedback, it's there forever. So will be your feedback or your response. Always have something positive point them to somewhere they can seek help and immediately try to contact this person offline. Settle everything, any unhappiness offline and close to look back again online to say that so-and-so has been given this and we consider the matter closed. Have a closure on social media. And then the conversation will go to somewhere else. You need people outside of a company, the brand ambassador, happy customer. They should be given scripts for a start to speak well of you. They should be agreeable to post regularly on your page. All this helps. Say so yes. meaning you get the ones who are happy on your team. That's right. To speak the key messages because on social media, mm -hmm. the key messages shouldn't always come from your mouth. It mm -hmm. should come from somebody else. But, but of yet, course, you would only speak to the ones who are genuinely happy right, right. with your product. That's I mean, right. it wouldn't be wise to pay someone to do this. Just like yeah. I know that some companies pay bloggers yes. to write good things about yes. them. It has become a practice now. Uh, so much so that now bloggers are not taken seriously. Because, that's the thing. That's yes. the damage that so, it has done. Which is why I never include bloggers in this conversation. It's all about Facebook. Because Facebook is so open. But you still need to reward certain happy customers. A lot of brands do that. They offer mobile phones. Definitely there are some perks, but at the end of the day, they help you to get the message viral. That is the key word. What are some of the things you should never do that would be a disservice to your brand, to your company, on social media? Oh, that is a very, very interesting question. Never duplicate what other people have already started. If something has been discussed before, don't discuss it again. Because always move on to something new. Ask the right question because I find that to spark off good conversation, you need to ask the right question. Don't keep talking about yourself all the time. Give me an example of that though. Let's say you, you sell shower gel 
How do you start a conversation that's not about yourself and yet is about you? You must always chunk up. If it's a shower gel, it has to do with your skin. So you might want to discuss what are the different ingredients that will help you to have better skin. Then you can scale down to certain example. So it is an intro before an intro. You will always lead to you, but never introduce yourself at the beginning. Always talk about something general. The art of small talk is important on social media. If you do not create small talk, you cannot have big returns. What a wonderful way to end the program. Tomorrow on Small Talk Big Returns, more do's and don'ts of effective public relations for your business. On Small Talk, Big Returns today, more ideas for career and business success. Today, the final part of our series on do-it-yourself public relations for small or medium enterprises. In the last few days, we've been talking about how, with a very tight budget, you can make a successful media pitch for publicity and how to maximize your interaction with your customers on social media. Today, some do's and don'ts when it comes to getting yourself in the media, both mainstream and social. Andrew Chow is a social media and PR strategist. Never, never retract an exclusive story until the press or the media reject you outright. Never, never sell the story to another person. That really, really will hurt your credibility. I know that there are press and media who blacklist certain people. They give false information. I know there's a database. Uh, there is a database. Yeah, there's a database out there. You know, when you want to pitch for something they can tell when was the last time we feature you when was the last time you're being covered so since you know that they know all the background be genuine and space yourself evenly and do not pester the press and media for a story if they don't get back to you don't ask too many times because it is their way of telling you no they're not interested never never have fake stories never never give wrong statistics and please check spelling error what else must you never do do not sell. A lot of people, especially the first few times when they come on air or they get interviewed, they always sell, promote. Now, that is not content. That is advertising. Press and media may give you a plug, may print your company name, but that is only on a subtitle. They can, but it should never come from your mouth. It makes it sound like you are paying for advertisement and the feature isn't really content not editorial yes, yes content. not editorial it mm. does lend more credibility yes. to the person to the organization is this your advice to people as well to some extent your public relations efforts will give you more credibility than your advertising efforts yes first of all to make people open up their wallets you need to address their mindset so pr is about mind share it's about occupying an area in their perception when your name is mentioned, do they know you? Do they have heard about you? And when they know you, they heard a lot of good things about you, they are likely to recommend you to other people whom do not know about you. And those guys who recommend you, they may not even be a customer. All they know is, I heard you enough, I think you are good, I recommend you. That will help your advertising. What are the don'ts when it comes to social media? Never, never duplicate what you already have on mass media. Never put your advertisement on social media. Nobody wants to share an mm. advertisement. So you must integrate but not duplicate. That's right. Because people have already seen it. There is no value add unless you can tell me something more. If it's not user generated, if it's original content, it gets very little viral. If it is user generated, encourage user to speak their mind. 
For example, ask the question: If you are our brand, what would you have done differently? Wow, that would be very, very interesting. Again, crowdsourcing is a good tool to use. Everybody love to give you suggestion and always learn to be social, not professional. Being professional on social media it's actually boring. So casual, casual, conversational. So if you are addressing the youth, talk like a youth. I remember when I sent a message to YOG two years ago on Twitter, the response was, "Hey, bro, how are you? Are you cool?" I like it because it's supposed to be youth Olympic. Speak like a brand. Speak like a person. Never use words like it is our company policy. That is not social. That is corporate. So everything has to change. You only need to look at your conversation. Never, never be too professional. Remember、mm. to be social. After all, it's social media. If you know how to be social on the media, you have a success. There's another thing that you must not do. If there's one week that goes by without any update, your fan page is dead. You must have at least something that goes on for the fans. After all, it's a fan page once a week at least. Keep them engaged. There's、mm. also such a thing as over communicating,、yes. isn't over -communicating, it? Over communicating, you'll be like four or five things in one day. And、I、always find that the number one thing that is viral on Facebook, it's pictures. Number two will be videos. Number three will be your status update. The last one is links that you share. If you have something nice to say, design a nice postcard, post it like a picture. It gets commented, it gets liked a lot. The longer it's being engaged, the longer it stays up on top. And that was Andrew Chow, a social media and PR strategist. You've been listening to Small Talk, Big Returns. Join us again at the same time tomorrow. Thank、you